You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Greetings once again from the sanctuary of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in Fredericton. I am Bob Jones, combining with organist David Berry, singer Humphrey Aquar, and reader Catherine Aquar, and technician Stephen McKay. in moment strength I find to meet my trials yet trusting in my father's wise bedstone man have no cause for worry or for fear he was kind beyond all measure, gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toward peace and Every day the Lord himself is near me with a special mercy for each heart. All my cares he faint will bear and cheer me. He whose name is cancel the protection of his child and treasure is a charge that on himself he laid. As your days, your strength shall be in measure. This the pledge to me. promises, O Lord, that I lose not faith's sweet consolation offered me within your holy word. Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble 
to take us from our Father's hand. One by one, the days, the moments fleeting, till I reach the promised The reading today is from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the feast according to the custom. After the feast was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One of the few references to the childhood family life of Jesus separated from his parents. I wonder if that has ever happened to you. I remember when I was only seven years old at an exhibition in Moncton. We were in the Moncton Stadium, capacity about 5,000, but it seemed very large on that night when my parents couldn't find me. Thanks to the attentiveness of some ushers, we were soon reunited. Again, at age 19, I decided to hitchhike to New York City for the World Series. I'm sure when I left, Mother wondered if she would ever see me again. Well, the first drive was a truckload of PEI potatoes going to Boston, then a lumber truck to Hartford, two cars, and I was at the George Washington Bridge in New York, and safely back home five days later. It made me think of words that were written likely a hundred or so years ago when I was but a youngster, how well I recollect how I would grieve my mother 
by my folly and neglect. More about Mother's Day in a few moments, but it's time now to think about a prayer. Have you ever noticed that some of the best prayers are hidden in the hymns that we sing? One such is the hymn, New Every Morning. It's a favorite of mine, perhaps because of its content, perhaps because it was a favorite of my Aunt Kate. In fact, it was one of the hymns at her funeral many years ago. She was the wife of the rector of Christ Church Parish Church. So let's make these words our prayer today. New every morning is the love our awakening and uprising prove, through sleep and darkness safely brought, restored to life and power and thought. New mercies each returning day hover around us while we pray. New perils past, new sins forgiven, new thoughts of God, new hopes of heaven. Only, O Lord, in thy dear love, fit us for perfect rest above and help us this and every day to live more nearly as we pray. Doesn't that line give your conscience a nudge to live more nearly as we pray? The author in the 1800s was John Keeble. I think it would have been nice to have been able to sit down with him and have a glass of sherry and talk about eternal things. Now a word about Mother's Day. It was first celebrated in 1908 when Anna Jarvis held a memorial for her mother at St. Andrew's Methodist Church in Grafton, West Virginia. In 1914, President Woodrow Wilson signed a proclamation making Mother's Day a national holiday. But the mother honoring goes away back to ancient Greece in tribute to Rhea, the mother of the gods. Then there were the Romans who built a temple uh, for Magna Mater, the great mother of all gods. In the 1600s, Mothering Sunday was established in England, the fourth Sunday in Lent to honor mothers. Servants were given the day off to return home to spend the day with mother. But in more recent times, our Mother's Day has fallen on hard times. Too much commercialization, so it was eventually renamed Christian Family Day. But I still like the Mother's Day tradition to remember, thankfully, my mother, as well as the mother of my children. But I like the idea of Family Day, too. Being a family is not as easy as it used to be. During my military time, I was away a lot. Our family, like thousands of others, was fragmented at times. Also, mothers now are employed outside the home quite often, making house husband 
a familiar word. Family life isn't what it used to be. Seventy-five years ago, I was a teenager. Life was an uncomplicated matter. Farm chores every morning before school and at five in the afternoon. No matter what we were doing, playing ball or hockey or whatever, we were expected to be there at five in the afternoon. Then there was young people's meeting at the church on Tuesday night, trail rangers or prayer meeting on Friday, and over town on Saturday. The only drug was cigarettes. As our neighbor would say, those awful cigarettes. And the only needle was the one mother used to darn socks. But come back for a moment much further with me to the days of Robbie Burns in the late 1700s. He died at age 37. And considering all that he wrote, his every breath must have been a poem. Of all his writings, 600 pages in fine print, one that is my favorite is The Cotter's Saturday Night. Now be thankful that I'm not going to recite the entire piece because it consists of 21 verses, nine lines each. But these few lines are my favorites and I want to share them with you now from The Cotter's Saturday Night. The cheerful supper done with serious face, they round the fireside form a circle wide. The sire turns o'er with patriarchal grace, the big hall Bible, once his father's pride. He reads a portion with judicious care, and let us worship God, he says, with solemn air. The priest-like father reads the sacred page, how Abram was a friend of God on high. Then kneeling down to heaven's eternal king, the saint, the father, and the husband praise. Hope springs exulting on triumphant wing, that thus they all shall meet in future days. From scenes like these, old Scotland's grandeur springs that makes her loved at home, revered abroad. Princes and lords are but the breath of kings, an honest man's the noblest work of God. Now I realize that we can't go back to the way things were over 200 years ago. But if we could just recapture a little bit of that reverent faith, I think it would be a better world. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Family Day. And I would like to share with you some words now, very briefly, from the writings of the Lebanese poet and prophet Khalil Gibran. The section about children, I think it fits on Family Sunday. And a woman who held a babe against her bosom said, Speak to us of children. 
And he said, Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you, for life goes not backward, nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children, as living arrows, are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might, that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending in the archer's hand be for gladness, for even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. Now, as I lead you in the familiar words of the Lord's Prayer, I ask you to think today of all who are in authority. It's not easy being in government these days. So remember those who take the heat when things go wrong and are taken for granted when everything goes right. And think, too, of all who are experiencing deep sorrow. And our prayers have been requested today for Vera Black in the Miramichi Hospital. I'm sure as I pray, there are names that will come to your mind. And there are situations, especially in these troubled times, situations that will come to your mind. Let us take them to the Lord in prayer as I lead you in these familiar words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And finally, I say to you, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Goodbye.